welcome back to another episode of the Pen and Quill podcast. I'm Nikki Aubrakit, developmental editor and cultural anthropologist, as well as, and I'm so thrilled I can say this, <laughs> award-nominated author. It happened. It, it did. Prax won an award nomination. It didn't win like an award award, but I literally don't care because I got I received the nomination alongside some other phenomenal authors. So my ego is still pretty inflated from that. <laughs> so if you haven't read Prax, you need to. Now you now you have to because it's an award nominated novel, okay? And if you are a Hollywood fan, you know nominations are almost just as good as the award itself. Anyways, <laughs> welcome back. It has been a very exciting uh, open of the year. We're in the second week now, and already Tala Editorial has been receiving inquiries from authors who are ready to take charge of their career this year. We are debuting the author platform blueprint on the 17th. And I'm super excited. I'm super nervous about that. I don't, I'm going to be honest. As a creator, sometimes things can feel overwhelming. Like, oh my gosh, am I even going to meet the deadline? Uh, when it comes to writing, when it comes to editing, when it comes to publishing, when it comes to creating courses and, and scheduling workshops, et cetera, et cetera. But you know what? It's just going to be fantastic. It's just fantastic. 2023 is the year for not only publishing, but the year for really just strengthening authors as businesses because when you publish you are officially a business so long as it's indie publishing if you're traditionally publishing there's nothing wrong with that but if you're traditionally publishing it's kind of like being traditionally employed I have a whole other episode on that <laughs> but but yeah we work with indie authors and indie authors uh, are their own businesses so it's this is definitely the year and I've gotten that sense too from other people this is the year for business development. We're super excited. On that note, uh, today's episode is a bit off schedule from what I had originally planned. I do, do, do promise that we will absolutely talk about why paid ads just don't work without a solid platform. And that will actually, it was supposed to come out in time to like really make you excited about the author platform blueprint. Here's, here's a basic quick preview into that episode that is upcoming and I promise, but it's also going to be hashed out in depth, like really thoroughly in depth, plus resources, plus tutorials, plus everything in the actual course itself. Why do paid ads not work? For indie authors, most of the time, most of the time, sometimes they do. Uh, so when they do, here's why, and it goes into why it doesn't usually. The author brand, the baseline platform has to be solid, cohesive, and recognizable. You, that means website, email, social media, Logo, if you can, it doesn't even have to be a fancy logo, but you know, a recognizable logo, uh, a pen name that rolls easy off the ton. If you if you prefer for that, and honestly, I do recommend uh, Nikki Aubrakit is a pen name. Nikki Aubrakit isn't even my legal name; it's a professional name. It's a DBA. It's a pen name. Uh, we're gonna talk about all that, but in a nutshell, that's what a whole episode on pen and quill is going to be about. That was supposed to be today, however, however. Things came up and things in the news came up along with things with Tala, things with me came up where I'm like, you know what, we're going to switch some spots here. We will talk about the author platform blueprint and 
why paid ads don't work and how to make them work on the week that we were going to do the what's going on with HarperCollins. That is today's episode now because we got to talk about it. We got to talk about it. What is going on with HarperCollins traditional publishing and what does that mean for self-publishing, for independent publishing? What does it mean for you as an indie author or even you as a traditional author? So let's dive in. All right. What the heck is going on with HarperCollins? Well, let's do a brief overview. <laughs> Full skull in seven years ago. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay. Actually, only about now I can say three years ago, something momentous happened. And no, it was not the pandemic. Although, I mean, yeah, that was ginormous. But the momentous occasion I'm talking about is the vast realization that occurred globally, but particularly in the United States, of the great imbalance that the American employment system is in. Basically, because we needed assistance to live through an unavoidable shutdown, the government calculated, well, hey, here's the absolute bare minimum that you need to survive. Here you go. And they really did mean bare minimum to scrape by. And it still ended up being double, if not triple, the previous income for literally millions of people. So out of that comes a big, well, okay, thank you. So what the heck have I been doing up until this point? I have a whole blog article about that. I have a whole other podcast I can do about that. But what does it have to do with HarperCollins? Everything. Everything. I'm stammering because I guess, like, I can't underline that enough. Everything. So... Basically, in traditional publishing, what is the difference between traditional publishing and independent publishing? In a nutshell, I'm putting a lot of things in nutshells today. In a nutshell, traditional publishing, they manage your career for you. They cover all expenses up front. But you still technically pay for all that. It's just it, it the payment version manifests in, in a not quite as painful way. It's it's basically uh, limited revenues. So in order to receive compensation for everything they gave you, plus make a profit so they can ap- actually operate as a company and statement, typically in traditional publishing, the royalty rate is around, I was just doing research today, is anywhere from 7.5 to 15%. That means, and so let's do like a medium, let's talk about 10%. That means that if your book actually has a really great debut and sells about $100,000 worth of copies, 10% of that is $10,000. So that's what you receive as your royalties from the publisher, okay? Now, how is that different from independent publishing? Well, obviously, there's that right there. In independent publishing, if you sold $100,000 worth of books in your debut, you just made $100,000, barring expenses. Let's just say it just, it hits your bank, you know, <laughs> like woohoo, hundred thousand dollars. However, that's possible because you fronted everything. You are the publisher. Technically you covered all the overhead costs and expenses. Now they are basically the same. And I'll talk about that in a second. 
However, and like I said, you pay for either way. It just, it feels differently. In independent publishing, in independent publishing, because you're fronting all the costs, you're covering, you're bankrolling, or subsidizing, that's a fancy word, you're subsidizing the publishing venture, uh, you will physically feel the evaporation of funds from your wallet. You're going to visually see the bank account just go bleep every month if you're on a payment plan or bloop if you do it all at once. You know, you see it and it kind of hurts for some paper. Like, oh, that's a lot of money. It just left my bank account. In traditional publishing, you're still out the same amount of money. It just, it never hit your account, if that makes sense. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so so let, let's take an example, because like, I, I promise we talk about this, how it equals out. And I just ran the numbers today. Like I updated data according to the 2022 averages uh, as expressed by the Editorial Freelancers Association, the EFA. So if you want to see these charts for yourself, definitely visit the EFA. Um, it's actually just EFA.org. I'll put the link in the show notes. But they have charts available to the public that shows what you can expect as an industry average. This is not, to clarify, this does not mean that every single freelancer in independent publishing goes strictly by this, but it does give you an idea like, okay, as of 2022 or even 2021, this is the average of how much everybody was charging. And a lot of new companies, including Tala Editorial and a lot of new freelancers, use that as a baseline for how to price ourselves. Okay, so with that being said, when I ran the numbers today, and I have a very thorough chart here, I write up here on the screen. <laughs> uh, when I ran the numbers today, I did account for the average rates. For example, developmental editing is typically around four cents per word. Line editing is anywhere from two to three cents per word, but for this, I shaved it down to two cents per word. A copy editing, one cent, like a penny per word, basically, and even proofreading, half a penny. And I am also using these numbers based off real life discussions I've had with dozens of freelance editors and designers and and people and cover design, you know, pe- formatters, you know, people in independent publishing, freelancers um, who tend to underprice themselves, and that's a whole other blog post slash podcast will do. <laughs> Um, but no, I, I pulled this data with a combination of, of charts that's online, but also just the anthropologist, ethnographies, talking to people, interviewing, getting data from real life professionals. So when I did this calculation, I also took the, the industry average on both ends, traditional and independent publishing across the board, considered the average debut novel to be around 80,000 words. That's been our experience with with our clients. We've had some that came in at 160 and some that came in at 40 or 50,000 words. But when you calculate all the authors we worked with, and I'm so happy I can say all the authors in 2022, because it was a lot, um, the average really was around 75 to 80,000 words for the debut novel. So taking that, calculating it against how much it costs per word for all the editing, and that's the basic four. That's developmental, line, copy, and proofreading. And then the design. And again, not only from our team, but also observing uh, pitches on Facebook from freelance designers, pitches on uh, Upwork, or just talking to designers and stuff, taking those cover designs Especially when you're getting like a really professional, ready for bookstore retail cover. It is very different from a lot of indie covers I see. So I'm just going to 
clarify when you're getting custom work done and it's not, oh, here I have a temple, I'll just slap in some things. You know, it works if that's all you really want, but if you want, like custom speaks to the audience about your novel, sells fast off the bookstore shelf stuff, that is honestly around $500 per format. Um, ebook, hardcover, paperback, because they all have different specifications. Now, with Tala, just a quick side note, we shaved off a bit. Of, you know, when you package it, we shaved off a bit of that, so it's not even 500 Just a little heads up. <laughs> Had to squeeze it in there. Um, so that, and then also the different formats for typesetting, the, 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 top, the typography, the formatting. And we do custom artwork layouts like we do very artistic layouts if the author lets us we've had a couple who are like oh no I just really want it super basic we're like why you're paying for our time we want to give you like fancy but that that being said you know that's calculating between what we charge and also what other formatters charge for the same type of work that we do and that is also about $500 per format so taking all these calculations putting them in. Also including, uh, and I went through, like, what do we offer in our package? And then calculated based on just industry standards. Um, And also, I'm like, okay, now if I am an author on a tight budget, I'm going to probably want to do the cheapest route possible. So all that being calculated in. And this includes ISBN registrations through Bowker for both the hardcover and the print. Because if I'm on a budget, I'm going to want to do the ebook for free. And all our author- authors have wanted to do the ebook for free, like the ASIN on Kindle, because Kindle is the number one ebook platform in the world. And everybody has been getting really great rankings and reviews and just making bank off that. So why not? <laughs> so that's that's actually nice. We can do that for free. So we only have to pay for two ISBNs. We're also looking at what if we have to upload revisions? What if we have to, you know, account for incidentals, but really, really minor incidentals? Put those into this chart here. Uploading fees, re, um, the initial uploading freeze, fees, um, and it's $50 per format with Ingram. So it's paperback is $50 and hardcover is $50. Um, Sometimes in the past they've had specials you can upload for free, but that's very unpredictable. You always want to predict on the consistency of, you know, they're going to charge you. So we're looking at a hundred bucks, you know, when you want your two formats and uh, revisions and you consider the two formats and then you would have to pay for $25 for a print revision, like a text revision, and it's $25 for the cover. So you're basically paying a whole new upload fee per format. So we like, okay, another hundred bucks. All this being said, everything that I just laid out for you is only, only the editorial process. That is it. There is absolutely no marketing at all whatsoever. Okay, this is just, oh yeah, and I forgot to throw in the manuscript review, novel assessment, you know, it's the read through and gives you revisions. And it's really the first step for developmental editing. That's currently priced with Tala Editorial at 350. I use Tala's uh, pricing because I've met a lot of, found out a lot of developmental editors charge per word and their novel assessments can be anywhere from $800 to $1,600 just for the read through and assessment. I'm like, uh, yeah, no, not <laughs> not me. <laughs> I, I just, I just, you're just paying me for my time to read your book and write your letter, you know, and then, you know, you take it, make revisions, do what you will with it. And then we dive into edits. Let's just recap. 
manuscript review, developmental editing, line editing, copy editing, proofreading, the three different formats for, for your formatting because you want uh, ebook. Because every time you have an ebook that's successful, people are going to be demanding print. And not everybody wants paperback. Some people are hardcore hardcover collectors, you know, so you get those three in. The cover design for those three, the print, proof printing and shipping, the two ISBNs, because your ebook is free, remember, the uploading fees to Ingram Spark, because you want mass distribution. You want to be a book source. That's the whole point of this. <laughs> and the revisions, you know, just in case we catch anything, and we always catch something. You, you, you can actually count on that. All that together is $9,880. 10, 10 grand. Because when you think about it, um, well, like, because we charge 10 grand for the, for, to do all this together, uh, that 120 there, we never see that. We, n- we never see that. Uh, <laughs> uh, that gets eaten up by the payment processing fees immediately. So you're like, oh my gosh, then why are you charging 10 grand? Well, because we never see that $120 difference that, that literally gets taken out. Um, even at the 3% processing rate, you know, you 3% off, you know, I'm pulling my cal- calculator here. Now I'm like my my mouth is flapping. I'm like, wait a minute, I haven't run this number. So ten thousand dollars times three percent. That's actually three hundred dollars. <laughs> so we're actually dipping into what I call it my personal funds because I pay I pay everybody on the team outright. If if it says this is how much it costs, then that's how much they're making. Okay. <laughs> um and so so to be perfectly honest. Uh, we should be charging quite a bit more. I mean, I'm being perfectly honest. And now, if you were to do this by yourself, you're going to, and, and again, you, you're doing this by yourself and with the goal of bookstore retail. Why do I emphasize that? Because you can absolutely do this for much cheaper if you just want it on Amazon. Oh, absolutely. There's a whole market for that. Um, but bookstores and bookstore retail wholesalers, they do not ever purchase through Amazon. It is so taboo. It ain't going to happen. So if you have aspirations, <laughs> dreams of seeing yourself on any bookshelf, you're not going to do just Amazon. And then bookstores are extremely picky. And so there, there is a standard. I was doing another research. No, there's like entire criteria pages, workbooks that uh, bookstores and other publishers have actually put out. Like other distribution channels have put out. Your book has to look, feel, and read like this before we'll even order a co- one copy. Okay. So let's just say that you don't work with tall editorial, but you have the same goal in mind. Guess what? Because remember, I used the EFA. I used like outside Tala. I went through the whole like current industry based on 2022 because it's the beginning of 2023. Like all the numbers, you are still paying 10 grand. There's no avoiding it. Now here, here's the interesting part. What does this have to do with HarperCollins? When I was initially trying to figure out our pricing, when when we surprisingly formed Tala Editorial, that's a whole fun backstory <laughs> I should tell in a different episode. It was not a plan. Like we would do it. I didn't wake up one day and go, I want to start an editorial. Like it, it, stuff happened. But anyways, when I was initially figuring this out, I'm like, okay, I would just want to know, how does this compare to traditional publishing? Guess what? Guess what? The average cost for just the editorial team and just the editorial process for a traditionally published book of 80,000 words, because again, that's the average, is $10,000. 
it's the exact same price. So we're not even looking at numbers that are inflated because of the freelance industry. We're looking at, no, this is literally how much it costs. Literally, this is how much it costs. It doesn't matter which direction you go. That number, that 10 grand is never going to change. The only time it changes is if your standards change. <laughs> and I, 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 that, that sounds so harsh, but I'm being honest. There are people who make a killing off of just Amazon. That's fantastic. We've worked with people who have zero aspirations for bookstore retail. It breaks my heart because they have some really good work that deserves to be on bookstores. But some people just really don't have those aspirations, and that's perfectly fine. That works for them. Then you could honestly see that number cut in half to about five grand. If you're still doing good quality, anything less than that, okay, sacrifices are being made somewhere and it's not doing you favors. I'm being logistically honest. I've been, I've been stomped on by authors who do not like hearing that, but that's not an opinion. That's been a verified fact. And I've had other professionals go, no, yeah, no, we doubted you, but the more we paid attention, no, you're right. Something always, you, something always gets sacrificed when it's less than five grand in your full budget. Again, all the editing, the typography, the cover design, the ISBN registration, et cetera, et cetera, the full editorial process. Now, if you don't do the full editorial process, I've just proved my point. You already sacrificed something, right? <laughs> yep. So like I said, that's just the editorial process. That's not including marketing. So let's look at marketing because you can't sell a product if nobody knows it exists. Let's say you have a phenomenal marketing plan. You have a phenomenal marketing strategy. You even have a solid platform. You know, like maybe you're one of those authors who comes in knowing you need a solid platform. That's fantastic. Um, if you don't invest in your book's quality, it ain't going to happen. It's just not going to happen. You just wasted a whole lot of time, energy, and money into your marketing for a product that nobody wants. On the flip side, though, because we have to talk about marketing. If you have a phenomenal product, your book is just absolutely stellar and nobody knows about it because you don't have marketing in play. Well, you've just you know, spent a lot of time, energy, and money into creating a product that people would want if they even knew about it. <laughs> so remember, the editorial process to get you into the bookstores, you get, to, or really at least even just get to the point where you can talk to a bookstore retail manager or purchasing manager and they take a look at it and they're like, oh yeah, no, that's actually pretty cool. We could do that. Real life quote from Barnes and Nobles here in Chicago. <laughs> I did. I brought in like actual copies of, of Truvai. Christie's, uh, Christie's got them like, oh wow, that's actually quite gorgeous. Yeah, we'll carry copies. Easy five minute conversation. Uh, so that's, that's 10 grand right there. The marketing is as follows. And again, I'm pulling from what if you did it on your own? Okay, so th this is important to note too. You do this on your own. It accounts for roughly one year of marketing because I'm looking at subscriptions. I'm like, okay, where can you shave money? Because again, tight budget. So one year, no marketing specialist or agent or virtual assistant or anything that Tala now offers, you know, or anything that anybody else offers, none of that's being budgeted in here. You're doing this completely DIY. Here's what you can honestly 
anticipate because I have found and my authors have found and my team has found these are just unavoidable. Okay. There's no gain around it. You're going to want want to invest in book funnel. And it's actually really gosh darn affordable. It's like 10 bucks a month. But if you think about we're looking at a whole year of marketing, that's $120. Okay. Book Sprout syncs up with BookFunnel really well. BookSprout I added in because of last week's episode regarding the copyrights and the piracy. BookSprout has taken a lot of phenomenal measures to avoid that. So it is a verified, safer way. I, I can never guarantee 100%, but it's been verified to be like, well, it, it's the safest route so far has been BookSprout to build your ARC team with complete strangers. Um, and so I also went on the very tight budget end of the 10 bucks per month because I do have an option. It doesn't give you much, but you do get like 25 ARC reviewers. So that's that's great. Um, and again, they it's, it's verified, safety, encrypted, like piracy ain't happening here, right? <laughs> You can even block people if you don't like how they treated you. Um, so book sprout 120 book blog tours. You're going to want to do around four. And we're thinking like I'm thinking one per quarter. So one every three months. You do f- you know, you do a book blog tour. The average book blog booking rate to get a like 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 it's where it's worth your time and money is about $175 per tour. Now, paper material promo pack, this is like art prints, bookmarks, uh oh, and book plates. We actually offer that with our package. That's one marketing aspect that we've always offered with our package. Um but I put this in marketing cuz technically that's what it's for. It's marketing. That to print on your own, let's say you're a phenomenal graphic designer and you know exactly how to run the system because you might, I don't know, your job might have you working with the same system we use. Let's say to to just print and ship, you're looking at about $187. Planoly, I put in because it is the leading social media planner and it hooks up now. It actually integrates with Instagram, Pinterest, TikTok, and technically Facebook Twitter. And what I mean by that is when you go to schedule a post for Instagram, you can flip a little switch and it can auto post to both Facebook and Twitter. Planoly helps do that. Um, and now again, I went super ultra conservative. I personally actually pay for the ultimate package of Planoly because I have two different accounts. I have my author account and I have Tala's account that I manage. They're two entirely separate identities technically. Um, so I pay like 45 bucks a month, but Planoly does have a really conservative, um, annual package for only 135. That's only 11 bucks a month. That is minus a couple things, a couple features, but again, we're rolling on a really tight budget in this hypothetical situation. So you can get it. If you pay up front, you can get it for 135. If you can't pay up front, I think it's like 13 a month. Um, but it is literally, the best social media planner I've come across. And I tried out a bunch before I made the final decision. And this one just saying to me, and it's, it's trusted and verified by all social media platforms. So it's pretty awesome. Moving on to email. You have to have an email list guys. Again, this could be in our course. Uh, but just saying that Flowdesk is what at the discounted rate is what I calculated in. Why did I calculate Flowdesk and not something like 
MailChimp or ConvertKit that has a free beginner's plan. Because great advice that I read years ago was to always plan for your success as if you're already there. Why? Because as much as all these different providers have free plans, it's up to a thousand subscribers or free up to 5,000 subscribers, et cetera, et cetera. Flowdesk does not do that. So when I say using our affiliate link or a referral link, you get half off, it's $19 a month. You could have two subscribers to your email list today and 2 million tomorrow. It's still going to be $19 a month. You're never going to have surprise fees because you've anticipated growth. That's my personal big against other email providers is that they, I, I personally feel this is, disclaimer, this is a personal opinion and not reflective of anything like super professional, just, just how I feel. I feel like all these other email servers penalize success. Oh, you now have 10,000 subscribers. That's amazing. That'll be $56. Like, well, last month it was only 25. Well, yeah, but now that you're succeeding and you're growing your audience, you owe us more money. <laughs> Flowdesk don't do that. Flowdesk don't pay you, play you like that. I love that. So for the year, for the year of your massive growth, because you're determined to not only make this investment back, but to actually have a full-time income for the years to come as an author, you're going to do for a full year. Flowdesk is it's around $228. That's $19 a month for 12 months. That's, that's not bad at all. And that's unlimited subscribers, unlimited emails, unlimited designs. Like it, it's fantastic. And it's gorgeous. If you're on our email list or even my email list as an author, um, you've seen how gorgeous those emails can be. I don't do boring. <laughs> uh, so, oh my gosh, that's my whole thing with email. But again, if you want to know more, sign up for the author platform blueprint. Cause I'm going to do like a whole segment, like a whole section on this, like a whole core concept on this. Uh, next thing. And this is super important. Your website. Now, you can have a base website uh, for much cheaper. You can actually do it for 50 bucks on Medium if you just do it as for blogging. But I'm thinking here, like, well, maybe you're someone who wants to actually personally sell some copies of your books. Or you're going to want something that's set up for that. Or if you want something that, again, you're planning for growth, I calculated this off Wix dot com or, or Wix's uh, uh, pricing point, and they usually have steep discounts. Like they'll say, "Oh, it's twenty seven dollars," but it's always fifty. I've always been able to help people get their websites for fifty percent off uh, for the first year, and it's even cheaper if you can pay for the next three years. But again, we're looking at one year. Um, so a website you're looking at about one hundred sixty two for the year. Again, accounting for growth. So you go from. Um, I'm about to publish, to publish, and now you have people who are demanding that they be able to order signed autographed, you know, copies. Well, you need a platform that's able to sustain that kind of thing. Now, I did not count e-commerce like Shopify in because you can use Square and Square is free. So e-commerce is now $0.00. <laughs> which is phenomenal. So we're looking at really like you just need the engine to, to host it. So there's your website. 
Um, general swag estimated budget. This is like, what if you have some trinkets? You want to make like a box. You got to pay for the box. You got to pay for the trinkets that go inside. You can do it on a, on a pretty low budget. I tested it out with Christie's debut. We did. We had a, we had a demo box. It was super pretty. Um, interestingly enough, the box was the most expensive part of the entire thing. Everything else that looked like it was way more expensive was super affordable. But you want to calculate for about 25 influencers. So like book talkers, bookstagrammers, et cetera, et cetera. Always calculate around 25. That's a pretty fair number. It's conservative, but realistic. So your general swag estimated budget is realistically on the low end, around $300. That's not bad. That counts for quite a lot, okay? So you're going to have some pretty sweet swag. Um, the shipping... And I went off like the average flat rate box for a a decent, you know, like medium sized box um, at USPS. You're looking at about $10 for flat rate shipping. And then you times that by 25 promoters. That's like $250. And then I'm like, you know, I see this consistently happen. So we're just going to plug this in here. I see all the really super serious authors who are like, no, I'm making the most of this debut or the most of my book's career and my career custom artwork. And I uh, actually am working with someone right now. I kind of want to make a permanent fixture when it comes to like referring people to her or like having her do artwork for Tala books and all that. Uh, So I took her pricing as a reference because she was actually the lowest price one artist that I met who did phenomenal work. Like she mentioned she might raise her prices. I'm like, you really should. But anyways, I took her current pricing as a, as a baseline for this. So I figured out two portraits. You got your two main characters. If you are taking my manuscript, which is free, um, you know that every story has basically two main characters. So let's say you have custom artwork portraits for two main characters and you have custom artwork overlays. Let's say you get fancy, like I want to get fancy because you wrote a fantasy novel and you're like me and you want your, your 23 year long project to finally exist and you're just Boom, it's going to be phenomenal. And you want overlays because then you saw the work that she does because she has done overlays with a shadow and bone, actually. Again, stunning work. Um, that's a pretty penny. Uh, that is a pretty penny because you want an average of six. And she told me, like, it's, it's usually an average of four to six. So I did six. Uh, that already is going to set you back about a grand. Uh, okay, when I say set you back, that's a that's a wrong phrase. Uh, financially, yes. Uh, but but when you see your work come to life, there's there's no price tag you can put on that. Just saying from experience. Um, and then you gotta count for the vellum paper and the printing that you're gonna have for those overlays for twenty five cents. That's actually really super affordable. Average around fifty bucks. Um, book awards. You want to get accolades for your hard work because remember you had it professionally edited and designed. So by the time you get to the book award season, which has just started right now, and I'll put the link in the show notes uh, for our book awards free downloadable worksheet and and checklist, so you can see the whole schedule for the 2023 season. You want to earn the accolades. You want the nominations. You want the recognition. And a lot of them have really, really sweet inside tracks. So even if you don't win anything, they're still going to let you know, hey, you want yours into a screenplay? We know a guy who literally wrote Legends of the Fall and he'll do your screenplay for like $600. When I say that's a true story, I mean it. That is a true story. There is a book awards program that specializes in screenplays and Screenwriters Guild and all that. And they specialize in helping independent authors 
get taken from book to screen adaptations. The wrestling you're hearing in the background is Quill doing whatever the, it is that he does at, you know, whatever time it is. <laughs> um, but anyways, um, yeah, no, there are, there are programs like that and they'll let you know, they're like, Hey, you look anywhere else, you know, it's going to be like eight grand, which is true. It's going to be a lot of money. Oh, a couple grand, maybe not eight, but a couple grand. We have this guy who's technically retired, but he still wants to support indie authors. And here are all the films and TV shows he wrote scripts for. And my jaw hit the floor. And they're like, yeah, he'll do it for like 800 bucks. And I'm like, why am I suddenly broke? <laughs> like, here is Prax. It's going to be a series, you know, like, but yeah, yeah. So like, but yeah, yeah. So that's why book awards are so important. It's for the inside track to all those different resources that you wouldn't otherwise have. But it's also, like I said at the very beginning, nominations are just as good as the award, okay? Nominations mean uh, a whole panel of judges from international locations agree. I'm a pretty freaking good author. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and you can get the little stickers, like you can, you, you can really play up. Um, if you go to any of my profiles, you'll see my little sticker up there. I'm so proud of that sticker. And it's not like a literal sticker. It's like a digital one, but still now here's the kicker. You do have to pay to enter. It is pay to play because they have something called operational expenses. They do have to pay for the website. They have to pay for the people who run the website. They have to pay, they just have to pay for a lot. And that's also including oftentimes they have to pay for the copies that they're going to send their judges. I actually am and have been a judge for a regional book awards panel. I receive physical copies. So I actually judge the entire book cover to cover of the most literal sense. It's not just content. It's also how professionally curated is this book, which is why I made that download that's in the link that you can download below for free. <laughs> yeah, I have the rubric for what book award panels actually look at. Um, $75 per panel, and you really just average out about four panels. You don't have to go crazy. Four is pretty good. It's like 300 bucks. Canva Pro, I threw it at the end of my little chart here. So I'm like, oh, shoot, we got to design all this. Uh, Canva Pro. Canva Pro is amazing for marketing because it's 12 bucks a month and you can, and I sound like a marketing, but I just, I, I've not actually getting paid for any of this, any of this free advertising. Um, I'm just being honest. This is what I use. Canva Pro, uh, when you pay for Pro, you're paying for the ability to use all that copyrighted material. So all the designs, uh, we actually have one book that ranked phenomenally well in her debut. And people are like, oh my gosh, I want that artwork tattooed. She found it on Canva Pro and she paid for the ability to use it. We checked their terms and conditions. That's exactly what she paid for. So that's a really, and it's again, only 12 bucks a month. So if you do like an annual subscription, it's like 144. If you get a sweet deal, it's even less than that. That being said, this is your basics for marketing. And you're like, what, basics? Yeah, basics for marketing. Absolute bare bones basics. But this is just, hey, I just I just want to not crap out basics. $3,826. And this is doing it yourself. You did not, in this, in this scenario, you did not invest in, uh, in, in a marketing specialist. You did not invest in a virtual assistant who gets this stuff set up for you. You're doing this all on your lonesome and you're still looking at just shy of four grand to cover your bases. Okay. Altogether, 
how much does it cost to independently publish, to basically be your own publisher and still see yourself in bookstore retail? $13,706 going off of the 80,000 word average and all these averages. There are authors who are going to literally, it's going to be like 15,000. And there are authors who didn't write full on novels, novellas. It could be closer to 10, to be perfectly honest. It could, if you go, because we're going back to the, the editorial. But between the editorial cost, and the marketing costs, which are absolutely separate from each other. You're looking at a cost of, let's just round it up, $14,000. Now, just to, because we had some things come up and this has been a, a question bouncing around, how much would it cost to be a publisher and cover this for you? Here's the kicker. It is way more expensive, way more expensive so much more expensive to do it for you. If Tala Editorial became a traditional publisher, because we've been asked, you know, why, this is me being fully transparent. We've been asked, why don't you just do that? Because you're trying to help people as much as you can anyways. Why not just, what's the difference between what you do and a publisher? I'm like, well, a lot, but here's a big one. <laughs> I'm not going to run through all the numbers like I did with, like if you're an indie author, but I will tell you where things spike. So let's say the majority of the editorial process remains the exact same. Um, the one, one of the huge differences is that there is no one-off print-on-demand option. There isn't. There, there just isn't. Um, if you're going to do like, like full-on, like we're a traditional publisher, you've got spot glass, you've got foil print, you've got debossed, embossed, like, like you can tell this is from a serious traditional publisher. There's no such thing as a single print run. If there is, let me know. But I've been talking. I've been researching for actual months because, again, I have bougie tastes. I want my book to have foil. I want all my books to have foil. And I'm very frustrated about this. So I finally did find, I finally did find a printer and a distributor who works with them exclusively um, that they don't require the 200 average minimum. They actually only require the 25 book minimum. So when I calculated this, I went off the 25 book minimum. I was like, okay, let's just like 25 books up front because that's the bare minimum. Uh, that is about $800 more than it would to just print a couple proofs, uh, proofs off Ingram Spark. Okay, so 25 books. There's also a fulfillment and storage fees because they will do that for us, like as, if we're publishers or for you if you wanted to utilize that. It's another $400 for just 25 books. But here's the thing. You don't want to sell only 25 books you because you're invested in this. You want to sell a crap ton of books. I looked at the digits and the average uh, initial debut run, the goal of sales, but also just anticipated run is a minimum of 1,000 books. It can get up to 5,000 books, but the goal is at least 1,000 books for your first couple weeks from, from debuting. So like I want, let's just say, let's say in this dream scenario where my print copies will be ready in time. They're not. The ebook is going to be coming first for Ithindril. But let's just say in dream scenario, I was 
not a victim of my own procrastination. <laughs> um, and, and I, I really, I was able to finagle that foil printing and the embossing and all that. Uh, yeah, I definitely want to sell at least a thousand copies, but that means that those prices for printing and fulfillment and storage skyrocket. And when you're a traditional publisher, that's where all this is going. When you're a traditional publisher, your goal is to print and sell as many books as humanly possible. Because that's the only way you're going to make back the, what do we look at, what we saw? The $13,706 that you invested. Because publishers do actually give the same resources, BookFunnel, BookSprout. Uh, they give you websites. They give you book blog tours. Like, they arrange everything for you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty penny we got to make back. So... That being said, well, then it's kind of a catch-22 because the publisher total is now no longer based on a 25-book run. It's based on a 1,000-book run or a 5,000-book run and more book runs, more printing costs, more storage and shipping because you're trying to sell a crap ton more. <laughs> I keep saying crap ton because I want the other word. Uh, <laughs> you want to sell just a megaload, a megaload, a megaton, whatever, just bishuha. millions of copies would be fantastic. But all that being said, the price of how much it costs to do that, it's almost like accumulating interest and a student loan that you're barely able to afford to pay off every month. But because you can't pay it off every month, that interest keeps accumulating and it's almost like you never made a dent in the bill to begin with. That's basically what we're looking at when it comes to numbers and publishing. That is exactly why, exactly why, <laughs> The royalties are so small. Seriously, the royalties are so small, so tiny. That's exactly why. There is absolutely no way on this green planet or in this universe of existence that anybody could front an average, because again, we're looking at a thousand copy run, so you can get into a couple bookstores, have enough copies for people to buy directly online, and then you got your book promoters, et cetera, et cetera. $20,000 for an 80,000 word novel traditionally published. $20,000 that we have to have in our business bank account immediately because people got bills to pay. <laughs> and, and I'm sorry, but rent doesn't care that you're a newbie or you're experienced. And that's the, my, my side note where you're like, well, I can work with somebody who's newer. See, yeah, their landlord doesn't care how new or long or old they've been in this industry. I mean, your phone bill does not care if you're a junior level or senior level editor. They don't freaking care. They just care that you have the money to pay them. That's, that's as far as their interests lie. Uh, so when I look at this, when you look at this, um, the traditional publishing house is covering an average between the editorial and the marketing and then also the printing. $20,000 per book. And that's just the initial run. Remember, it keeps going up with, with the printing. <laughs> so and we need to sell a ton of copies. And that's why the average royalty rate is about 7.5% to 15%. And that 15% really starts eking out an ebook. Ebook can be as high as 25% because you're not having to pay for printing. 
at all. Um, and, and it's actually quite easier to just distribute ebooks, you know, whatever. Yeah, like it's just, it just, it, it works in your favor. It really does. Um, royalties calculation based off an average MSRP, it's a manufacturer's uh, suggested retail price, an 80,000 word novel, because we have a couple that we've worked on, um, averages to be about $18.99 for a five by eight paperback, $28.99 for a six by nine hardcover with beautiful jacket, not embossed. Um, and the ebook around $4.99. Because $4.99, $2.99 to $4.99 is, is a really sweet spot where you can get 70% retail if you're indie publishing. But traditional publishers tend to price their books at around ebooks around $4.99. A wholesaler discount is across the board 55%. Uh, indie authors who offer less tend to have a much harder time getting into stores. Don't offer more. Never offer more. That's just dumb. <laughs> uh, but 55%, it, it's a courtesy. You know, it's considered good etiquette. It's a 55% wholesaler discount, which means that out of that, just for example, $18.99 paperback, uh, we are only getting $8.55 because they got a pretty big discount. And now you minus the printing costs. And then, um, so let's say out of that, because I, I, like I said, we've worked with authors with this exact stats, $8.55 minus about $6.39. That's pretty dead on average, actually. You're left with a $2.16 royalty. Except, except, I'm taking away 7.5% of that. Yeah, yeah, that's 16 cents. You just made 16 cents off an $18.99 paperback through traditional publishing because we got to cover that 20 grand we just fronted for you. <laughs> and technically, if you're a financial expert, you know that we don't have that 20 grand until we've made it. So we gave you money that technically we don't even have. We just, well, I mean, we physically had it because it has to work. But there's this principle where, um, like credit, you're spending money you don't have. You you can utilize it, but you don't actually have that money. That's why you're running credit. Well, we haven't actually made a profit with the book yet. So it's kind of like running on credit. Um, we, need, we need to pay that credit off. We, we need to keep this going. Uh, so... <laughs> So I realized that I took a long time to break this down for you, way longer than I wanted to initially. Yes, this is going to be a long episode. Sorry, not sorry. Why am I not sorry? Because my goal is actually to do this in like half an hour. But why am I not sorry that's going to be well over an hour? Because. Because. This is exactly why HarperCollins is on day 40 and actually now day 41 I think no yeah day 40 uh actually no by the time I record it's gonna be like day 47 I, I take that back uh, <laughs> as, I, I, as I'm recording this it's day 40 of their strike because Harper Collins despite being a huge beast huge beast They're, they own zondervan okay i didn't realize that when i saw that i'm like what like my entire childhood and college career as a biblical archaeologist was just blown away harper collins owns zondervan if you've ever read a bible or picked one up at your local hotel yeah zondervan probably printed it i'm not even kidding they are like the top notch for christian publishing anyways 
They also had record sales for the last two years, according to the statistics, the research, and the union that is helping the workers go on strike. But HarperCollins can't afford to take just anybody. So they gatekeep at, a, at when I say ridiculous amount, it feels that way because there have been phenomenal authors with phenomenal stories that never saw an editor's desk at HarperCollins because HarperCollins cannot afford mediocre. And what they consider to be mediocre is what you and I would probably consider just stunning um, because they have to focus. They have to focus on the profit. They have to. They have to focus on that profit. They can't afford to do anything else. They have a team to pay. They have business to pay. But but now, now, now we got to talk about that. So with all this focus and all this gatekeeping to cover the bottom line, because $20,000 per book, and you, and it's a company that has literally dozens of departments, so they're they're pumping out books like I don't know, bubble candy. But you know what I mean? Like they're just, they're just like book, 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 all day, every day. Um, considering all the departments they have as a company, we're talking millions, hundreds of tens of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars being invested into editorial and marketing services to make sure these books can even eke out a profit. That gatekeeping means that a lot of voices have been silenced or have been denied the ability to be part of the publishing world in this sense. At the same time, at the same time, have two years record sales, remember that, Pat? At the same time, they're not even paying their editors a living wage. That's when my jaw hit the ground. I found this article. Uh, I actually found a lot of articles that all said the exact same thing, but this one's from Fast Company because I had a really good, clear summary. One of the big things that they're protesting about in the picket line, aside from, hey, how about we actually publish authors we want to actually publish who are literally worth publishing? Um, they're also, hey, can you at least uh, stabilize our income so the salary minimum is $50,000? Base salary. That is a base salary for beginners, newbies at multitudes of other corporate positions and other corporate industries. I know this for a fact because I used to be in career advising and I talked to people. I talked to people who worked with the UN. I talked to people who, oh, oh, there is one, like my job, uh, medicine sound from doctors without borders. I talked to somebody on their board. Uh <laughs> <laughs> like, like I met these people. I've I've met people who literally made like five hundred thousand dollars a year, and I've met people who made fifty thousand dollars a year. You know, and 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 I and I mean dozens of people. So like I've talked to a lot of people. Fifty thousand dollars is so basic, and it's actually around the same income that the United States government calculated during the COVID nineteen uh, pandemic. As hey, this is how much we're going to pay you for a. Uh, for help for that for the remember bare minimum to survive and harper collins is not paying their editors or their team their editorial team the marketing they're not paying anybody that base salary they're actually using temp hires to cut costs so your amazing manuscript could have been thrown into the waste bin by somebody who's only been in college for like two years 
or somebody who has absolutely no idea what editing is, but they're really, really good at filing paperwork and running to grab coffee. And I'm not even exaggerating. I did a lot of research into this. This is literally, <laughs> this is literally the problem. Um, so with that, with that being said, record sales, they're not paying their workers weight. Then they're also demanding that their editors spend like 14 hour work days. This is all data coming in. So it's a complete crap show. It is. It is. Which means, which means at the dawn of boutique publishing, independent publishing, okay, not even just the dawn, this is a tsunami we're writing. Harper Collins and these 250 employees who've not been joined by actual like authors who are millionaires who are like, no, this is not okay. Uh, and, and literary agents are joining the picket line. They're saying, absolutely not. This is ridiculous. We need to honor the voices of authors who genuinely write phenomenal stories. And you need to pay us the bare minimum so we can live our lives and be good editors and be good designers and help you, pump, you know, and help these authors and support. It, it's a, it's a 360, 360 degree support system, right? And last anybody heard, the plan on HarperCollins' side is just to wait until their strike funds deplete. Basically, they're like, oh, you can't go on strike forever. Eventually, you'll be poor and begging for your jobs back. I'm sorry. If I heard that, I'd be like, I quit right now. <laughs> I'll, still, I'll still protest. Give me that sign. <laughs> but I quit right now. I don't need anything from you. <laughs> I'm like a rebellious soul that way. That's why independent publishing just works for me. Now, what's really interesting and what really brings us all together is that recently very today <laughs> recently um as i'm recording this um the question of why not become a publisher came up again with hollow editorial and so i ran all the numbers and i immediately very clearly saw what's going on in traditional publishing it's too darn expensive it is. It's too darn expensive to to live the dream, to to have, you know, when you're a kid, when you're a teenager, college age adult, or just yesterday, you know, if you go to the bookstore and you're like, oh my gosh, it'd be amazing to see my novel sitting right there. Yeah, it would be. It's way cheaper to independently publish. And it's far more cost effective for us as, as a team to support you as an independent publisher. I mean, yeah, you're, you are an independent, but like an independent author. Um, because honestly, if we were to become full traditional publishers, we would need about half a million dollars up front and could literally only work with 25 people for the first full year. So we would be entering that same issue that's happening with HarperCollins right now. And, and if it's happening with HarperCollins, here's the reality. It's happening with random Penguin Random House. It's happened not, not so much with Macmillan because they're like textbooks. So it's a whole like different thing. That's why they're like never in the news. <laughs> we need them. We depend on them a little too much. Uh, but even like mid-tier publishers, th this is these are the numbers. This is the harsh reality. It is insanely expensive. And because it's insanely expensive, the gatekeeping is suffocating. It is. It's suffocating voices. And so that's the other reason why I'm like, I don't know if we can ever become a traditional publisher. I don't. That, that completely de defeats the point of supporting voices that would not otherwise be read. 
you know, and preserved. It just com- completely destroys it. But then there's the catch side where there are phenomenal stories that I have personally read that literally cannot afford to independently publish. But they also know, and I can sadly verify, they'd never get picked up by a traditional publisher. I see the phenomenal story within, and I see the huge potential it can be for bestseller success. However, um, it's not going to happen in traditional publishing, and it's definitely not going to happen with such a tight budget. So what's the solution? We're working on that. We, we actually don't know. And in the meantime, um, the 250 people plus, because it keeps growing, at HarperCollins are also trying to figure it out. They're also trying to figure out how to support you. And I really want to encourage you to like keep in the news, keep watching that, because these are people who, even though they work in traditional publishing for one of the big five, you know, the, the, the big beast, uh, they gen- they're doing this because they care about you. Truly, they're doing this because they care about you and your voice and they're tired of, well, that's just the status quo. And they also care about, you know, being able to pay rent and afford bills like the cell phone that they need so their boss can call them six hours a day, 365, you know, 24-7, 365, you know, like that racks up a bill. So like I said, this was a longer one this time because there's a lot to go over to really go into like what's going on with HarperCollins and what does that mean for you in independent publishing? Well, it means a lot. It means A, uh, stay with independent publishing, absolutely. Or B, look at that. I say this hesitantly because I, I still am like, I'm on the fence about it. But I, I, I am going to be talking with some people who actually do own hybrid publishers because I want to know like what's going on there. From what I understand, maybe you can't afford $15,000 for, like I said, this is everything, editorial, marketing, your baseline, all that stuff. Maybe you don't have that up front, uh, but maybe you have like half that. Maybe you have 7000 or 7500 and you're happy with receiving 70% royalties instead of 100% royalties because 70% is still better than 7%. And, you know, like that's basically from what I understand and from an actual like really super awesome uh, works with nonfiction mostly, but still really super awesome owner of a non nonfiction uh, hybrid publisher. That's basically what it's intended to do is to help offset your costs while you offset their costs. So you're not paying as much up front, but you're also not sacrificing so much of your royalties. That might be one of the solutions, one of, I say, one of, um, another solution that we actually have an author definitely run this through, crowdfunding, individual crowdfunding. Let's say you have a book, like she has a book, and I'll have news on that, so make sure you sign up for emails and follow us on social media. Um, she is crowdfunding for her her novel, and actually it's going to be a series, but we're focusing on the book one, because this is one of those cases where her story is phenomenal, but no traditional publisher would pick it up. And, and even if they would, it would be like another decade before she'd hear anything about it. You know what I mean? It'd just be tragically just sitting there picking up dust. Um, but the budget's really tight. She doesn't have $15,000 to just, wee, let's do this. Uh, we have worked with people who do, and that's great for them, and I'm so happy for them. Um, but she and many others don't. <laughs> so crowdfunding, thank you, Brian Sanderson. 
I forget his first name. Brandon? I don't know. I remember it's Sanderson, the last name Sanderson. He, he proved that crowdfunding can absolutely be a very viable option to fund the curation of your independently published novel. Uh, so we're looking into that as well. I want to know from you, this is, I think this is a first on a podcast episode, um, you know, even though we don't have that many yet, I personally, and I think my team wants to know too, we want to know what you feel like the best solution is. Keep in mind, this is what the idea that the goal is bookstore retail. So I, I can already hear, well, the best solution would be not cost so much. Well, great. Yeah, we can do that. But that means you're only going to be on Amazon. You mean like you're, you ain't going to see yourself at Barnes & Noble. You're not going to be at the local bookstore retail. So for bookstore retail goals, <laughs> you know, for those goals, what do you feel like is the best solution? What do you feel like you would be absolutely happy to do with? Do you think um, that you would prefer to work with uh, traditional publishers on a boutique level, like, like hypothetically tall editorial became a traditional or either became a traditional publisher or started offering traditional publishing as an option. So you don't have to pay anything up front, but you're happy with us taking the majority of the royalties and paying you 16 cents per book. <laughs> uh, that, that sounds so bad, but there are some people who actually do have that arrangement. You might be one of those people who's like, yeah, no, that'd be a good solution. Or maybe after hearing this, you're like, wow, hybrid publishing sounds like a really, really fan. You guys should look into that. Um, basically, the big question that we're trying to answer right now is how can we best support you through the process and help you be as successful in sharing your stories as possible um, while sacrificing the bare minimum? Even though the bare minimum feels like a lot in the grand scheme of things, because your career is going to last for decades, uh, it's pennies compared to the next 10, 20, 30 years of people reading your work. Your book sales might be dismal right now. Like you, maybe you sold like two copies last week. It picks up traction. It is a long-term game. 30 years from now, you could have millions of copies worldwide being sold. You don't know. You know, you know what I mean? Like, you don't know. We don't support, we want to support you. I told my team recently, like literally this, earlier this week, my goal has always been and will always be to give you as much support as humanly possible and be as close to publisher as we feasibly can without taking your royalties, if at all possible. It's different if you're hybrid, but you know. <laughs> but no, yeah, let, let us know. Send us an email or drop in our DMs, slide into our DMs. Always feel free to slide into our DMs. Instagram and TikTok are the exact same account handle, at the Tala Editorial. Uh, but yeah, we, we really, really want to, genuinely want to know. Give us your genuine, awesome opinion. If you're like, I feel like hybrid publishers are such a scam, that is a valid opinion. If you're like, I feel like this is all too expensive and publishing in general should be free. I actually agree with you, but then I'd be out of a job. <laughs> but no, I'd love for a lot of these things to be free, to be perfectly honest. That's why ebooks like, woohoo. <laughs> no, that's a valid opinion as well. But we want to know. And also, maybe you don't have an opinion on that, but maybe you're like, I really wish Tala did this, or I really wish Tala talked more about that. Let us know email us, slide in our into our DMs. If you didn't know already, we actually have live chat available on our website. You go to tallaeditorial.com. That chat box is right there. It goes directly to my phone. If you want to know how to program that for your web, your author website, I can definitely teach you. Um, but yeah, no, when you message, you're texting me. 
directly to my phone. I will answer immediately if, if I'm able to, and I almost always am able to. So that wraps up today. That wraps up this episode. It was way longer than I anticipated, but it's because a lot of math was involved to really go into explaining what the heck is going on with HarperCollins, what this means for both traditional and independent publishing, what it could mean for Tala, depending on your responses and, and your feelings. Um, and generally, like, gosh, all this research just further cemented why I love independent publishing. And one final note, the statistics show it is the way to go. Um, in 2021, 4.5 million books were published. Over half, like 60% of those were independent. Um, I think only 2 million of those came from traditional publishers. The rest were independently published. So food for thought. It is a booming market. We are on the, we are, we are on the, the increase, increase of the growing hump of the wave of a renaissance. I can do a whole other thing if you want on that, but we literally are on a creative renaissance right now. And whether or not you're a part of it is absolutely up to you. But if you want my two cents, you're going to kick yourself if you don't ride this wave with us. So drop us a line. Let us know what you think. Leave reviews this podcast too. Share this with anybody that you feel like would love to listen, especially if you're a commuter. <laughs> Or you just like to do the, I, I love doing dishes while listening to podcasts. Uh, you know, whatever you want to do. Yes, these episodes tend to be long because it's a lot we're going over and it's free. I'm not even charging you for this. <laughs> On that note, have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day. Have a wonderful week. And I look forward to hearing from you, maybe even meeting you, hopefully seeing you in the uh, author platform blueprint live group sessions. January 17th through 19th. If not, at least see you in the private community that we do have. And again, that is actually free as well. And we will talk soon. Happy writing. <laughs>